We're talking about a retirement strategy at 59 with $1.5 million saved for retirement. We're going to look at some different tax strategies for this individual. We're going to look at Social Security. We're going to look at our assets, our rates of return on those assets. Does it make sense to repurpose some of our financial and retirement assets to help our retirement income last longer? We're going to look at that within a strategy. And we're also going to look at a Roth conversion strategy, building off last week's live stream of why it's so important to start thinking about taxes today. So welcome to the live stream. Thank you so much. So let's get into this today. Good afternoon, John, and good afternoon, Fast Eddie. Thank you guys so much for being here. So here's our three scenarios. we got a current scenario, which is what we're going to look at first, which is just their assets, their Social Security, their retirement income, what they need with no changes, not really any adjustments. So that's the current scenario, where they're at, how long is their retirement income going to last, yada, yada, right? Then we're going to look at a, a second scenario called the current scenario, same scenario, but we're going to look at a seven-year Roth conversion. So I want to look at a seven-year Roth conversion. I want to look at taking money that's taxable today and moving it to tax-free. Because what's the biggest risk in retirement? Well, the first biggest risk in retirement is running out of retirement income. The second biggest risk in retirement is taxes. And I believe that with all my heart because I think that taxes are going to go up I believe taxes have to go up in the future, whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, a Libertarian, a liberal, a centrist. We have $31 trillion in debt. We have Medicare, Social Security programs that need to be paid for. And the way we do that as a country is bringing in revenue. We can raise taxes and cut or cut spending. We're probably not going to cut spending, so we've got to raise taxes. So we're going to look at tax strategies because I believe in the future taxes are going to be higher. And the final scenario we're going to look at, and this is the completed EKG scenario, is going to be seven-year Roth conversions. So looking at the taxes and then repurposing some of our bank money to help our financial assets last longer. And I'm going to show you that. So let's get into the scenario first. So here we are. We've got John and Cindy. Vincent, they are clients of mine here in Florida. Obviously, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Um they live in Florida. They live in a higher cost area of Florida. They're actually down in South Florida, which is a little bit more expensive than where I'm at in Tampa and a lot more expensive than the North Florida area. Florida's just like probably the states that you live in. Maybe you're in New York. Well, New York City is more expensive than Albany or maybe not Albany, but upper New York. Um, you know, California is different from the North and the South. So we want to look at what the cost of living adjustments are going to be based on where they're at. Now, John's a pilot and Cindy's a homemaker, so she has been homeschooling her children. They're all out of school now and at her, you know, where she's at in life and where they're at with their retirement, she doesn't feel like she needs to work outside of doing, um, she does do a lot of charity work, she does a lot of volunteering, uh, so her jobs are not, you know, income-based, but they are fulfilling to her. So John's a pilot, his gross monthly salary is $15,834, which comes out to $190,000 per year. So he gets $190,000 a year to fly, what is that, like a 737 in, you know, all over the country. Sounds like a lot of fun from a job standpoint. His projected retirement date is going to be at 62, so one of 2025. Now, I did say he was 59. John just had a birthday 
He is 60 uh, as of right now. But when we were planning out this video, he, is, he was 59. So we're 59 going into 60. Now, Social Security. So this is the first thing I want to touch on um, because we talked about we talk about Social Security a lot because that's really the first major decision that you're going to make when it comes to your retirement income. Right. Deciding when you're going to claim Social Security is probably one of the biggest decisions and the most important decisions of your retirement. So if you claim Social Security at 62, you're going to get 70 percent of your full retirement benefit. If you claim Social Security at 67, if you're born after the year 1960, you're going to get 100% of your full retirement benefit, okay? And if you wait till 70, you're going to get 124% of your full retirement benefit. Now, you can claim Social Security anytime between 62 and 70. You can take it at 63, 64, 65, 66. I've showed that on the channel here. I've gone to ssa.gov and showed you the different levels of that. So I don't want to get too much into that because I really want to stay on track today. But Social Security is going to be the biggest decision from an income standpoint that you're going to make. Why? Social Security is the only stream of income that you're going to get for the rest of your life that's guaranteed, has a COLA increase, and is backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. Annuities can't say that. Maybe they last forever, but there's not a COLA increase. All right? Maybe they last forever, but they're not backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. The stock market can't say that because there's risk involved with the stock market, right? Corporate bonds can't say that because corporations can go under. So the Social Security is a big decision. Now, I can't say what the future holds for the government and Social Security and all that. Obviously, if it's Armageddon and the world comes caving to an end, we're going to be trading goats on the side of the road anyway. So it doesn't matter. But if, if history kind of stays where we're at and Social Security gets fixed in the sense of funded, then we want to make sure we make the right decision when it comes to Social Security. So from this situation, we've got Cindy and John. Now, Cindy's a little bit younger than John. She's five years younger, but she doesn't have much of a working history. So her Social Security at 67 would be around, I think it's five to $700, somewhere in there. I don't know the exact amount, but it's not a lot. She has all the working credits, but not enough earnings over that 35-year period to give her any kind of Social Security. John, on the other hand, will have 35 years of working and, and he'll have a high income in those 35 years. So his Social Security at 67 will be $2,860. Now, obviously, every year that he works between now and 62 for the next two years is going to increase that Social Security. It's also going to increase based on COLAs. So we're doing a COLA increase of 2.58% for Social Security. The reason we're doing that. From 1975, when they instituted COLA increases because of inflation, we've averaged about 2.58%. There you go. There's the 8.7% for 23, and there's the 59 for 2022. The 49-year average is 3.71%. That's probably where we're going to land over the next decade or so. So John's going to take Social Security at 67 of 2860. Cindy is going to take a spousal benefit at 67 of 1430. Now, you might be asking yourself, Drew, what's a spousal benefit? A spousal benefit with Social Security allows your spouse to claim Social Security based off of your Social Security record if their Social Security benefit is less than half of yours. Now, there are some rules. Rule number one, if your spouse is going to claim Social Security off of you, you must be collecting Social Security. So you've got to be age 62 or older and claiming Social Security. The second rule is their Social Security can't be more than half of yours because why would they want to claim a Social Security of a lesser amount? 
So for this situation, let's go back to this. John six at 67 for John, he's going to take 2,860. For Cindy, she's going to take a spousal benefit, which is half of this 2860, which is $1,430. She's got to wait until she's 67 to get 50% of his Social Security benefit. Now, if she decides to take a spousal benefit at 62, she's only going to get 32% of John's benefit. Now, Anytime I'm doing spousal benefits, I always want to try to push the client to 67 because they're going to get that. I want to get that max half. Now, here's the thing. If John decides to take Social Security at 70 and Cindy still wants a spousal benefit, she has to wait till John's claiming Social Security at 70 and then she'll get half of John's 67-year-old benefit, not his 70-year-old benefit. Okay, when John passes, and let's just assume he goes first because he's older, then Cindy would get a widow's benefit of John's 70 year old Social Security benefit, whatever that is with the COLA increases. So spousal and widow benefits are two different things, and they're they're looked at two different ways. Okay, so beautiful mind, chalkboard, Russell Crowe. Did I just do that to you guys right there? Let's look at assets. So remember, this is our current scenario. This is where we're at today without any adjustments. So John's got a 401k. All of it is qualified. So there's no Roth money within this 401k. It's all traditional. There's 1,387,000 in that. And there's a monthly contribution of $3,404 in that 401k. He has a joint taxable brokerage account, which I call a freedom fund. We've got $25,000 in that. We're not making any monthly contributions. He just kind of adds money to that as he wants. He'll buy some stock. He's got some Tesla in there, some Apple, things that he enjoys, about $25,000. We also have the bank. We've got $100,000 in the bank, of which they're adding $5,000 a month into the bank. We're going to see if this needs to be changed to help their retirement income. It's something we're going to look at saying, hey, do you guys need hundred grand in the bank? Do you need to be adding $5,000? Can we add this $5,000 to your freedom fund? Can we take some of this hundred grand out and put it into your taxable brokerage account to build up your, your portfolio rate of return to make your retirement income last longer? That's something we're going to look at because we've got to look at every single aspect. That's why we go through each tab individually, depending on the couple, depending on if they're a single individual, whether they're a couple, whether they're a couple and they're not married, whether it's a partner thing, we have to look at that. Now, this is a financial EKG. If you want this, go to the description below. There's a little download called the Checklist to Retirement. When you download that, you can select the box that says, yes, I want to talk to Drew and we'll set up a time and we'll talk and we'll get you a financial EKG. There's also a calendar link in the description. Just go right on my calendar. Let's have a conversation. Now, protected asset-wise, we've got $650,000 valued in a home. Uh, there is no mortgage on this house. So a $650,000 home, no mortgage. No single premium annuities, no income benefit annuities, no variable annuities, anything like that. So risk analysis right now, we've got 93% of our money at risk. So 93% of our money is in the market. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just kind of pointing that out. And we've got 6% of our money is low risk, which is the bank. Okay. Tax classification. This is where we're going to hang out because this is what I really want to focus on. Uh, I think I want to focus on this for at least the next two years because taxes, again, we're in a very low tax rate 
The Trump tax code is very generous for making Roth conversions and doing things that are going to help you get tax-free income in the future. I don't know what taxes are going to look like um, after 2025. That's when the Trump tax code is set to expire. It reverts back to the Obama era tax code, which is not terrible, but it is higher than where we are at today. And so we need to be prepared for that. And again, as our debt goes up and our Social Security and Medicare and all this stuff needs to be paid for, taxes are going to rise. So we want to try to get as much money tax free so that we don't pay a bunch of taxes as we get older, as our required minimum distributions come up, as our income goes up, like our expenses go up. We need more retirement income off of our 401ks and IRAs. We're, we're going to talk about that. So. From a tax standpoint, we've got 91% of our money is pre-tax. So every $9 out of 10 that comes out of their portfolio, or you know, it's 91%, so let's say 9 out of 10, just for round numbers, is going to be taxed at ordinary income. So just as if John was still working. And so that's why we want to be really, really... Um, studious about creating a Roth conversion plan. Now, 6% of our money is 1099 interest and 1.65 is non-qualified, okay? We want to get in some of this right here. See this little like dark green? This is like green means go. Green means go get them, tiger. So Roth IRA, we need some Roth money. Non-qualified money is really efficient. Your taxable brokerage account is really efficient right now. Capital gains are taxed at 10 to 15% based on your income. Most of my clients come in at 10% or zero. Um, your interest, capital gains, dividends are taxed at lower rates than ordinary income. So the green boxes are what we want more of. Red, red means stop, right? Look around, make sure you're not going to hit somebody. So we want to stop, evaluate, and then move forward, okay? Now, rate of return wise, we're going to do something a little different here than I've, I've shown you guys on YouTube, but I want to show you how the financial EKG, EKG works and the depth of this. So 401k, we're going to earn 6% before retirement. This is what we're projecting out, 6%. After retirement, we're going to earn 6%. But in the year 2033, okay, in the year 2033, John's going to turn 70. And so he's going to be 69, 70, Okay. We're going to change the rate of return on our investments at 70 to 4%. And the reason we're doing that is because we're shifting, right? Right now, we're trying to grow our money because John's still working and he still has a good salary and we're still adding. Now, we don't want to necessarily grow it to the point, like we want, like I'm 37. John doesn't need to be invested like me, but he's still trying to grow his money. But once we get to 70, we kind of move out of, the capital appreciation and preservation mode into preservation and distribution. And when you move into preservation and distribution, it becomes all about income. And so we don't want to have these fluctuations in our retirement income or our retirement assets because it hurts our retirement income. So we're going to downshift, downshift his rate of return. So we're going to project a 4% on uh, his investments after the year 2033. And the bank, I'm just showing a 1% increase per year. Now, this is going to increase. Bank account rates will increase eventually because the Federal Reserve is going to continue to raise rates. And I believe they'll keep them up in this range. I think the terminal rate will probably get to five and a half, even 6%, maybe higher, depending on where inflation is. 
Um, so you'll see this start to go up as well. Cash flows, 6%, RMD, 6 and 4 as well. So all that's going to stay the same. So our rate of return, 5.67% right now until we get to retirement. John asked this question. Are you afraid of the Roth rules changing or some kind of sales tax or VAT tax value added tax? So, John, I think from a Roth conversion standpoint, the Roth rules that would would change for me, which would be concerning, is if they put a required minimum distribution on Roth IRAs. That's been floated a little bit. So if you don't know what a required minimum distribution is right now. So on your IRAs, a Roth or RMD is once you get to 72 or 75, depending on how old you are, you have to take a required minimum distribution, which is a percentage of your IRA has to come out. You have to pay taxes on it. Now, you don't have to spend it. You, you just have to take it out of your IRA, your 401k, your 403b, whatever. Roth IRAs don't fall under that right now. But the thinking is, if we can put an RMD on a Roth IRA, then the money will come out of the Roth IRA, be put back into the economy, and that money will be taxed again. So that would be my main concern, uh, John, from what I've read Okay, you might have read some. You, I mean, you guys might know other things that I don't know. But what I've read, I think Roth IRAs would get some sort of RMD. I think that will happen eventually. The sales tax or value added tax. I don't know. I mean, what are they kicking around right now? Getting rid of the IRS and doing a national sales tax. You know, I think you can wish in one hand and spit in the other and see which one fills up first. I, I don't know. The VAT tax. You got to have uh, three branches of government that are in line to do that. Um, you know, they had that recently. That didn't get done. So, I mean, that could happen. But I would say the biggest concern for me, John, and that's a great question, is the Roth IRA going having an RMD on that or on the legacy side of it? So right now, if you pass away, your inheritance, if they're your kids, not your spouse, your kids or your non-kids get your money, um, they have to take it out over a 10-year period or take and take distributions on it if you're over the RMD age. Um the concern would be the government says no longer that you just have to drain the account. And so that would, that would eliminate some legacy, which actually would bring more life insurance into play and things like that. But again, I think the RMD thing is a bigger uh, issue. Thanks, John. Thanks for the question. That was a great question, actually. Um, current monthly expenses, $7,000 are their current monthly expenses. Now they don't have a mortgage on their house, but they do live in South Florida. So they have a um, higher um, cost of living. And don't plan on leaving. Their kids are there. So we have a little bit of higher cost of living for them. And they're a couple. So $7,000 is, is not that big of a deal. You know, $55,000 is what the average retirement income is. So $7,000, not that big of a deal. So cash flow wise, we don't really have any cash flows on here right now. This is where we put in like the Roth conversions and travel and things like that. This is just their current scenario. We're going to show all this in just a minute. So here's where the big thing comes into play. This is taxes. And so what we want to look at is what is going to happen to their taxes today and what is going to happen to their taxes in the future. So let's look at 2024 because John's still working. His salary is $190,000. His qualified contributions are $40,848. So we have a gross income of $151,000. There's our standard deduction, $27,700. There's our taxable income, $123,404. So his federal tax is $17,764. Now, most of that's being withheld at the W-2 level. So he's not having to come up with $17,764. So that means we have a projected federal tax rate today of 11.76. We're in the 22% bracket. Now, let's go to 2030. Let's go to 2040. So 2040, if you look at this. 
So his taxable Social Security is 54203 at this point, right? So 2040, 17 years from now, he's 77, okay? So we're getting RMDs. We're at late 70s. 1099 interest. His other cash flow is 100481 This is what he needs to live off of. Our gross income is 157 157 and it's showing a $30,000 deduction. That's not going to happen. We're not going to have a $30,000 deduction at age 77 because taxes are going to have to go up, right? So if you look at this, based on the current tax code, he's still in the same place. It didn't move. We're in the 22% bracket. We're in a projected federal tax rate of 11.74. That's under the Trump tax code, okay, which expires in 2025. So it means 2026 and on, we're going to have a new tax code. So what if we adjust the brackets? What if we say we have a 25% increase in taxes? That means the 10% bracket goes to 12 and a half, the 12 goes to 15, the 22 goes to 27, yada, 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 okay? This is more the Obama era tax code, okay? Which again, it's not, I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm just saying it, it is what it is. I had somebody comment about me talking about Trump and tax, and I'm like, listen, I'm just not, I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just telling you what, <laughs> what the stats are. I'm not saying anything political political. Here we go. So now see how we jump up. We jump up to 15.12. If we adjust our taxes, we stay in that 22% bracket actually goes to 27 and a half and we're in the 15.12. So we jump 3% on our projected federal rate. Now, if taxes go up, let's say 50%. Okay. So we just double the current tax code or we just go up 50% from where we're at. Now we're at 18.71. So you see why it's important to make sure we understand where our tax code is at today. Okay, we're at 11.74, but we also want to have projections for the future. Okay, so let's look at pre-retirement for a second. We got two more years of working, so we're going to be adding to our assets. We'll have $1.9 million once we get to 61. So we go to 62. Here we are, $1.9 million dollars. We've got 401k, we've got our brokerage account, and we have our bank. Okay, you see how the bank's grown to $224,992? It started at $100, but they've been adding money to their bank and their cash flows. Their extra cash flows are going to the bank. And we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. We're, I'm going to show you. So hang on. I'm going to show you why we want to repurpose this. Okay. The other thing I want to point out, what's their main source of income? You see that? 401k. So their main source of income is IRA money because basically once he retires, we roll the money into an IRA, right? So his main source of income is 401k. That's going to cause a lot of taxes and we don't ever get rid of his 401k. Let's go back down here real quick. Let's go to, there it is. At age 90, look at this, 90 and 85, we still have 401k money there. So for the next 30 years, basically, we're using our 401k as our retirement income, which is causing us taxes. So let's go to like year 2052, right? Here's our gross income. It's all coming out of a taxable withdrawal. It's all taxable withdrawal. Plus, we have our Social Security that's being taxed here as well. See, Social Security being taxed, taxable Social Security. So you've got your taxable withdrawal plus the taxable Social Security. So you've got to be really cognizant of your withdrawals and where you're at tax-wise. I'm telling you, these are the things we need to be concerned about. Uh, Jake from Virginia, great question. Let me put that up here. Jake from Virginia says, which is better, Roth, all future contribu contributions or do conversions? So let me say this, Jake, Jake from State Farm. 
I mean, Jake from Virginia. So for contributions going forward, okay? Let me pull this down so, you can, so I can focus on you for a second. Let me look at you, Jake, here. For contributions going forward, money you're putting into your Roth or into your Roth 401k from your paycheck, make sure you talk to your CPA, your tax accountant, you look at your TurboTax software, you call me before you change anything. Because if in April of every year, you're getting a refund or you're breaking even, if you decide to change your contributions and you go from all 401k or all IRA to a Roth IRA or Roth 401k, you're going to eliminate your qualified contribution, which eliminates a deduction on your tax return. So you could get to April and owe and go, holy crap, how, how this happened? It's because of your contributions to your Roth IRA and your Roth 401k. What I, I had a client recently where we actually, we were downshifting it as we went. So each year we were doing less and less to the traditional side and more and more to the Roth side and adjusting taxes as needed, right? Kind of looking at that together. Um, contribution or conversions. I'm going to show you that here in a second. I think that would be, would be uh, a great idea. John says this about taxes. 50% tax jump would hurt the average citizen badly. We have too many people living paycheck to paycheck in an economy that depends on the consumer. I agree, John. I agree. Totally agree with you. But taxes are going to have to go up, and, and me and you know that. So here we go. So the current scenario we're showing, we're out at 93 and 88, all right? So here's our Social Security kicking on for John. Remember, 2860 is what his Social Security is. And then Cindy's Social Security kicks in here at 72, at 72 for John, 67 her. That's a spousal benefit. And based on their current withdrawals, based on the rates of return, we're out of money at 93 and 88. That's only spendable assets, okay? We still got a house worth $913,000. So somewhere around here, if they wanted to stay in their house, they could do a reverse mortgage. Uh, they could sell their house and downsize. I'm actually working with a client currently on that. They're older. We're selling their house because they're downsizing and they've got a, and it's in Florida. So they got a sizable equity. Uh, they've got a sizable house because of the, because everybody's moving here and the housing market's crazy. And so we're actually going to downsize. They're staying in the same area, but we're going to use that equity and flux it back into their, into their plan. So I, this doesn't concern me. Like I'm, I, this is a great plan. I'm, I'm not concerned with them at all. But what I want to do is I want to say, hey, John, hey, Cindy, can we make it better? Right. Let's go to let's go to let's go to something real quick. And I'm not going to get into these other scenarios first, but look at this. Their current scenario, their lifetime taxation is six hundred and seventy five thousand seven hundred seventy four dollars. That's what I want to focus on. Can we make this better by lowering that? Okay, so let's go to scenarios. So let's do this one. Let's look at doing some Roth conversions. And I promise we're going to get into some market returns as well. I want to show you guys something new that I haven't showed here on YouTube as well within the market. I want to show you how we can use this software to not to kind of predict, not necessarily we know where the market's going to go, but like a Monte Carlo runs differing scenarios for your market assets to determine whether you'll run out of money based on just randomized rates of return. We're able to do that here in the software and we're able to take that and input that into your income plan. So not only does the Monte Carlo scenario talk about our market investments and how those work, but now those two talk to each other from an income standpoint. I mean, this is, this is cool. This is why 
I always tell people we need a financial EKG. We need a retirement plan because all of my recommendations are going to be built from this. Everything that I tell someone is built from the financial EKG. I literally, my nine o'clock call today, I was talking to a, a client of mine. They're, they're we're, we're working through when they're going to retire. They thought they were going to retire in three years. Now they want to do it in two years. I had the EKG pulled up and I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, you know, we might need to adjust some things here. Could you work part-time? We were talking about all different scenarios because it's all about the plan. All right, so let's go back to the Roth conversions. And let me take a drink here. I get excited, but my kids are all sick. My family's all sick. We got the cold. We don't have the COVID, but we have a cold. And so you know how it is. Like your kids get it. Like my daughter got it. Then gave it to my other daughter. Then gave it to my son who gave it to my wife, who gave it to me. I'm surprised the dogs aren't sick. So if you hear me snotting, that's just because <laughs> I got a runny nose. All right. So here we're doing some Roth conversions. A lot of this stuff is staying the same, right? Here's our income. We're still going to retire at 62. Here's our social security. We've got the primary benefit and the spousal benefit. But here's where we're going to focus. We're going to focus on the conversions. So what I want to do is seven years of Roth conversions. We're not going to be able to eliminate all of the 401k. All right. Look at this. John's got $1.3 million in his 401k. He has done a darn good job with his 401k, with growing his money and saving for retirement. We can't eliminate all that. We could, and you could pay a tail load of taxes doing that. So let's look at a schedule that necessarily isn't perfect, meaning it's not going to eliminate all federal income taxes because he's in Florida. We have to worry about state taxes. But is it going to be beneficial? Is this going to help? So we go to cash flows. Here we go. $50,000 a year is our conversion. So we're going to do this in 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, and 29. So we're going to do seven years of conversions. Now, remember what we were just talking about. The tax code is going to change in 2025. Well, actually, that's the last year of the current tax code. So 2026, the tax code is going to change. So we're going to be able to get through these three conversions, right, without worrying about the tax code. But these four conversions on the back end, we don't know what the tax code is going to be. And so if that's the case, then we're going to plan for these four, but they're not set in stone. We may need to adjust them. Right. We may need to take this down to twenty five thousand or we may not need to do it at all. It just really depends on what the tax code is going to be. That's why, as with the financial EKG, with what we do, this is a living document. This is something that I'll go into three years from now with John and Cindy and say, OK, here's where taxes are at. Can we continue to do this and pay the taxes? OK, so there's our tax, there's our there's our conversions. So let, let me show you this and then we'll go back to taxes and then we'll go back to the income. So pre-retirement, here's our conversion. We're going 401k to Roth IRA. Let's go to retirement. So we are retired now at 62. We're still going to do the conversions. There's the five, right? So we're doing seven. So we do two hour working and five hour retired, which the retired conversions are great because you know maybe your income's less. And you're able to do the conversions. Um, if you're able to keep those under the standard deduction, that's even better. Um, and if you're not using qualified assets for retirement income, see, in his case, he's got to use his 401k for income to bridge the gap between now and Social Security. 
Um, so that money coming out to ordinary income, plus we're doing the conversions. But what if we re, if he had a bigger bank account fund, right? Like if this was bigger, we could actually, and it was repurposed, we could actually move this up to the top. We could use the bank and the brokerage account. Let's say this was all taxable brokerage. We could use this money for income, right? While we're doing the conversion. So the conversion money is what's taxed. The brokerage account money coming out, we only have to worry about capital gains, dividends, and interest. So essentially, hopefully our taxes are lower on that money. So then we're not doing double ordinary income. Do you get what I'm saying? I hope you get it. This is this is good. This is really good. So we're doing those conversions. So let's look at taxes. Now, remember, they were at 11% for 2024. So now we've jumped their projected federal tax rate. There's a salary. There's our qualified contributions. There's our 1099 interest. There's our taxable withdrawals, 50,346. Now, qualified contributions and tax, I'm sorry, taxable withdrawal is the Roth conversion. That's still going into the 401k because he's working. Now, 27.7 is our standard deduction. So our taxable income is 173. Remember, it was 150. So we're up about $23,000 on our taxable income. So our federal tax is $36,000, which puts us in the 17.89% bracket. Some of this is W-2'd, so some of that money's already been pulled out. We've got to have some cash flow. What they have a real big benefit of, if you look, we have this, obviously, we've got this bank money, right, that we can use for taxes. And we also have, you know, the brokerage account if we needed to. And they've got some cash flow that's coming in that's extra, that we can use should we need it for taxes. Now, if you look at retirement, they're out at 93 and 88. Remember, we were out at 93 and 88 in the current scenario, right? But here's what I want to show you. Let's go through this and let's see when does the 401k end? There we go. So at 81 years old for John and 76 for Cindy, remember they the last scenario, the current scenario, it was like 90. They still had 401k money. So they were still paying ordinary income at 90 years old. So 20 years from now, right? I would, or 30 years from now. Taxes are definitely going to be higher unless we cut spending dramatically 30 years from now. So they were still paying ordinary income tax. But here at 81 and 76, we've eliminated the Roth IRA. I mean, I'm sorry, we've eliminated the 401k and we've got the Roth IRA, the bank money, and we've got the brokerage account and we've got $1.1 million. And now again, we're out at 93 and 88. We still got our house at $913,000. We can do a reverse mortgage in here somewhere, sell the house, whatever. Okay. So this is still a really good scenario. It's just kind of like, can we make this a little bit longer? Like, I'm not saying they're going to live to a hundred, but what I'd like to see is this side go all the way down to here maybe selfishly for legacy. They're not my parents, but for their kids. Um, and because it makes me feel better in the sense of what if we have sequence of return risk up here, right? Like what if the market out of the gate, so sequence of return risk is the risk that when you retire, the market's going to go down the first few years of your retirement, maybe boom, 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 negative, negative, negative. And you're using that 401k for retirement income but the market's going down. So the market's going down 5, 10, 15, 20%. You're taking 3 and 4% out of your 401k. So if the market's down 10% and you're taking 3%, you're really down 13%. 
To get back to even, you got to make 26%. But here's the problem. The next year, you got to take income. And if the market goes down again, there you go. So it's kind of like a depreciating assets. That sequence of return risk. So that is why when we do the scenarios, I want to try to make this elongate as long as possible, right? I get so many comments. I'm not going to live to 100 years. I had somebody tell me that my credibility was in question because I wanted their money to last to 100. God, all I want to do is protect people. That's not, I'm not trying to be, I'm not, I don't care what you think about me, but I want to protect my clients, right? So let's look at something here. Go to assets. We've got $100,000 in the bank, which we're adding $5,000 a month to. Okay, so we're going to do this $5,000 contribution until we're retired. Okay, so we're doing $5,000 a month until we retire. What if we were able to repurpose some of this? What if we were able to take some of this and put it up here? Still doing the Roth conversions because we want to save on taxes, but can we put it up here? Let's go to that. So let's go to repurposing some bank money. So let's look at this. So now, here's what we've done. We had $100,000 in the bank, and we were putting $5,000 in a month. What we're going to do is we're going to take $75,000 of that and put it over here in a brokerage account. I call it a freedom fund. And we're going to put $5,000 a month into that. Okay? So we're going to go from $25 to $75. We're going to put $5,000 over here. We're still going to do our contributions. Now, what we want to look at let me go over here. Go to retirement. We still have about the same amount of assets here. We got a little bit more than we had before. But look at our bank money. Our repurposed bank money, $225,000. That's the money. It's $120,000 cost basis because that's what we've put in, $60,000 or $120,000, $60,000 a year. We've got a repurposed bank. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to go back to assets. I want to take this asset. I want to go to withdrawal order. And I want to use this money as our first withdrawal. I want to leave the 401k alone and see what happens. Because what I want to try to accomplish is we're trying to do these Roth conversions. So can we convert? Can we use that repurposed bank money as income for a little while? Can do our Roth conversions, leave the 401k alone, and then use the 401k for income after we've done conversions and after we've maybe depleted the bank money, what does that do? Now look at it. 97 and 92 years old is where we're out of money. Remember, we were running out, was it like 93 and 88 or something like that? So we've gone an extra four years just by repurposing some bank money. Okay. Now, the other thing I want to point out too is our rate of return needed to avoid a shortfall. So this, what this box tells me is that we need to earn 5.66% for the rest of their life in order for them to never run out of money. Now, remember what we did. We are going to average 6% until the year 2033, and then we're going to 4% because the client's more conservative. But what if this was 5%? How much longer would that last? If this was 6%, it would last forever. And so, again... I'm not overly concerned, if at all concerned, because all we need is 5.66% and we never run out of money. And we're, we are projecting 
4% lower than what the market has averaged since 1950, which is 8%. And so if we were just able to get 1% more, 2% more, maybe using fixed income as rates come up, we're able to reallocate some money into fixed income, structured notes, maybe a, some kind of uh, brokered CDs, annuities, whatever, as we're able to get a higher guaranteed rate of income, a guaranteed rate of return, then we don't have to take as much risk in the market because we're able to get a little bit guaranteed, a higher guaranteed return. And this is going to come down. I mean, this is going to, we're going to be able to get, you know, the rate of return that we need to never run out of money. So again, not a bad plan. And we still got our house, right? 80 years old, we got $800,000 house. We could sell, do a reverse mortgage, downsize, whatever. So this is what we're able to do. We're still doing our conversions to save on taxes, but what we're doing now is you see how we're doing this? The repurposed bank money is becoming our income. And then the 401k is sitting over here earning interest while we're doing the Roth conversions. So we're trying to eliminate double taxation as we're doing Roth conversions and needing to live off of it. And then eventually we have to live off of that money, pay some taxes. If you look at it from a holistic standpoint, let's look at this. All right, so here's the current scenario. Here's the current scenario with seven-year Roth conversions, and here's the current scenario, seven-year Roth conversion and repurposing bank money. So the current scenario is making no changes, doing nothing different. Our lifetime taxation is $675,000. If we just do seven-year Roth conversions and we don't repurpose bank money, we still run out of money at the same time, we've lowered our lifetime taxation to $562,000. Remember, this is not a perfect plan because they've got too much in traditional Roth or traditional 401k. We can't convert it all without paying a ton of taxes. But we can lower our taxes by, what is that? That's like 90000 100000 That's $100,000, $112,000 lifetime, okay? Current scenario, doing a Roth conversion, repurposing some bank money, we go up a little bit on our lifetime taxation because the software is including that money that's in the brokerage accounts now being taxed as capital gains, dividends, interest, things like that. So we've adjusted that, but we're still saving on lifetime taxation. And here's the thing we can look at. We're out of money at 93 and 88, just doing our current scenario. If we just do the seven, oops, cancel. If we just do the seven-year Roth conversion, we're out of money at 93 and 88. But if we do the seven-year Roth conversion and we repurpose the bank money, now we're out at 97 and 92. We've paid less taxes and we're out of spendable assets. We still have the house at 97 and 92. So it's not necessarily like we're taking this and making it like I'm not sprinkling, you know, fairy dust over. You know, Disney's about an hour and a half down the road, maybe two and a half hours, depending on how I four is. But I can't sprinkle pixie dust and say, oh, we're going to eliminate all the taxes and you know, it's, every scenario is different. You know, I think last week's live stream, we had a situation where the client had a large freedom fund. They had a large money, large amount of money in a brokerage account. And so their taxable, their pre-tax money was not as high as this, not as 1.4 million. And so when we did the Roth conversions, the lifetime taxation was like a $400,000 difference. Well, that's great because it's how they're set up now. But John hasn't done that. Not 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 to his not bad. It's just how he's you know worked and doing what he's doing. But we can do what we can do is make it a little bit better, right? A little bit better. Okay. 
Any questions? I've been going 43 minutes and 37 seconds, 11.45 on the East Coast. We're getting ready to walk into lunch. So I want you to see this. Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. Let me show you sequence of return risk and how we look at this. So let's go to sequence of return risk. And if you have questions, leave them in the comments. If you're watching this delayed, leave them in the, leave it in the comments as well. And I'll look at it. Make sure you like this. If you're watching, like this video. That helps me on YouTube with the algorithm. And subscribe if you're not subscribed. So here's our rate of return, 5.73%. What the software allows us to do is to, to generate just random returns, okay? So this looks a lot like what the S&P 500 would do over this time period, right? Just some randomized returns. Now, we are able to put some ranges in here, meaning our minimum loss is 20%. Our maximum gain is 20%. So we're able to put some guardrails into this. We can make it 30 and 30 or 40 and 40, whatever you want to do. And what we're able to look at and say, okay, Let's look at some sequence of return risk on this. Let's throw that in right away. Sequence of return risk. There it is. Negative two, negative 11, basically flat, negative 10. So we have four years of a negative market. Okay. Negatives first. When do we run out of money now based on that scenario? Well, here's our scenario at 97 and 92. But here we go using the market analysis. We're at 104 and 99. So you see how that changed? based on throwing in some randomized market returns, just like a Monte Carlo, except now instead of just doing it, we're able to have the two talk together, right? And we can see it visually instead of it just saying, oh, that's a, you got a 99% chance of this working or a 60% chance of this working or an 80% chance. Listen, I don't like that. Like, you know, I'm okay with low percentages. Listen, I played baseball in college. I was like a... I don't know, a 220 hitter at best. I was a catcher, so my main thing was catching. I don't know if you can see that right there. I was a catcher. That was my main thing. Hitting was not necessarily my forte. So I failed like eight out of ten times at the plate. So I'm okay with low percentages, but I ain't okay with low percentages when it comes to our money. So let's look at this. What we can do, it's kind of cool, is we can go back up here and we can generate new returns. Fast Eddie says this, in the history of the stock market, has there been four years of down market? Uh, you know, I don't know. I'd have to look at that. I know that three years, 00 to 03, uh, the Great Depression was a couple of years. I'd have to look at Fast Eddie. I don't know. I don't know. So that, this what's good about this is now we're able to generate a new set of returns, right? We're able to look at a new set of returns. Now we have three years of a down market. Now let's see what we look like. And look at this. We never run out of money based on the average rate of returns or just based on that. We can also, which is nice too, is go to historical rates and we can say, what if we had a year 2000? So let's mirror 2000. Now what do we look like? Look at that. We're out at 80 and 75. Ooh. And that's mirroring the year 2000, 2010, which is a terrible decade, right? Let's go to 1968. That's really what we're kind of mirroring right now in the markets. That's when we first started having high inflation, uh, up until about 82 and Volcker kind of put the put the brake pedals on that. Look at that, 85 to 80. So this is a plan, if history repeats itself, that we would need to adjust. So we want to make sure we have all of these different factors factored in when we're looking at your financial plan. That's why it's bigger than just a spreadsheet. This is not, you know, people call me all the time. And they'll say, well, I can get a free plan from Fidelity. I can get a, pre pre uh, a free plan from Schwab or what." I'm like, that's fine. You can do that, but it's not going to do this. And it's not going to give you the 
I want to get as close to the mark as we can and have the ability to make adjustments when needed. John asked this question. Oh, Fast Eddie, let me say this. 1929 to 1932. Thanks for looking that up. That was the last time we had four years of a down market. So it can happen. Obviously, that was the Great Depression. John says this. Is paying less taxes in your computer scenario accounting for the fact that you would be investing them taxes? Do you pay for Roth conversions and have more to invest? Is paying less taxes according accounting for the fact that you would be investing them? investing those taxes, then taxes you pay for Roth. Yes. So any cash flows in the plan are reinvested. So anything that's not paid for, like if it doesn't come out of the, if it's, if it's in 401k or IRA, it doesn't come out of the 401k IRA. It's not taxed. If it's in a taxable brokerage account and you don't use it, it's just reinvested back into the plan. And if you have a cash flow positive because of RMDs, meaning you have a required minimum distribution. You have to take out a certain amount of money. You don't need all that money. It gets reinvested back into the portfolio, which goes back into a taxable brokerage account, which adds taxes to it. Great question. Yes. So that does do that. Okay. Other questions. So we looked at the market. We looked at retirement income. We've looked at the Roth conversions. And what I love about this is just saying, hey, how long is our money going to last? And we have a conversation about it. Do you feel comfortable here? Hey, John and Cindy, do you feel comfortable with this money out at 97, 92 to them? Yeah, they did feel comfortable. So it wasn't a question of, can I retire? The question became, what kind of retirement strategy can we employ to help us save more for retirement? but also save on taxes, help with our social security to be more efficient. Okay. All right. I'm going to hang on for about another 60 seconds to see if there's any other questions. If you're just joining us, make sure you go back to start this video over. This has been a really, really good live stream because we've talked about saving on taxes. I'm a big believer over the next few years, I think taxes... This is going to be our biggest, this is going to be the biggest thing you need to think about in retirement. Whether you're in, at, and whether you're 21 years old or whether you're 71, 81, taxes are going to be the elephant in the room. And their elephant in the room is going to squash you if you don't have a plan for it. And we want to have a plan for taxes. Do not expect the current tax code to stay. And if your advisor is not talking to you about taxes or your custodian or your 401k person is not talking to you about taxes, call me. All the information to get in touch with me is in the description below. There's a free download called the Checklist to Retirement. Download that. There's a box in there that says, yes, I want to visit with Drew. Check that box. Let's have a conversation about where you're at. Can we save on taxes? Are you employing the strategies that you need to do? And we need to look at this. Like what happens if taxes go up 50%? What happens? What are we going to do? How are we going to save more money? How are we going to make sure that our retirement income, in their case, they lose three years of retirement income when taxes go up? So we need to have a strategy for that. We need to look at that. When is that going to happen? What do we need to do? And so there's all kinds of different things that we need to look at. Okay. All right. I think that is going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for watching the live stream. I really appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe, like the video, comment, and uh, I'll see you next Thursday, 11 o'clock Eastern.